to bet it all. This is Bet MGM Tonight, live from BetQL. And live from the nation's capital, Ryan Horvath, Nick Ashew. You got the Wu-Tang t-shirt on tonight? Yeah, love I did. It. I love it. Throw up the Wu. There you go. Hell yeah. Well, you know, it's a Wu-Tang Wednesday. No, it's not. It's Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? Damn, it's, it's Tuesday. Tuesday. You know what it you is, You know though? what? The days blend Hold together on. until Hold football on. season starts. Let's tell the people what day it really is. What day is it? Three days, 16 hours, 59 <laughs> minutes, and 15 seconds until week zero of the college football yeah. season. First game of the year. My Notre Dame fighting Irish. Big year coming up, 8-4 and four most likely, 20.5-point favorites. Week 0 doesn't get much better. Actually, it does, week 1, but I'm still excited for week 0. I'm jacked. I mean, of course, that's the start of football. Yeah. Like, there's, you know, it's almost like it's not, it's above NFL preseason, but it's not quite, like, all the meat of the games just yet. But you get that sample. It's perfect. Yeah, we get San Jose State, USC. Unfortunately, you do need the Pac-12 network for that one, and I think I know three people that do have the Pac-12 the Pac network. The Pac-4 network. The game no. of the day, though, yeah. 5.30 p.m. kickoff Eastern time, CBS Sports Network. Shout out to them. UTEP, Jacksonville State. You already know my thoughts on UTEP. That's actually flipped now where UTEP is a one-point road favorite, best offensive line, best defensive line in the conference, over five and a half wins. We love them as one-point favorites. We'll talk about that later, though. we got plenty of time for that. Well, actually, we got three days till that. Yeah. How many hours? Wait, three days? Uh, we got three days. we got 16 <laughs> hours, 58 minutes, and now 10 seconds. Do you actually have a countdown? I do, yeah. How, like, what is it like a... Uh... It's actually hanging in my house. I had to show uh, Sparky this, my co-host of my Packers podcast. Kurt and Long. Check it out wherever you find your podcast. Ding, like, ding. subscribe, review, rate. I'm high on Jordan Love, so leave me alone about Why it. Why do I not have a bell over here anymore? Where's there you go. Oh, I actually have two. Are you hoarding the bells? Probably because, oh, I forgot to in, uh, give up my uh, play that I gave out. I said the streak was going to end. Commander's Moneyline Oh, that's last right. Night. Hell, yeah. Thank we you. Both oh, I also have one, too. Well, you weren't there yesterday, but I also did have the Commander's Moneyline and then sweated out at the end of the game. It was like, I'm sweating yeah. a preseason game. What yeah. the hell is wrong with me? Best preseason game I've ever watched in my life. Shout out to Jake Fromm, Georgia legend. If you know, you know. <laughs> oh, let me tell you something. Jake Fromm is a Washington football legend now, too. Got beat out Justin Fields. Yeah. yeah. All right, it's been a while since we talked to our buddy Jace Kitty. Jumps on with us. Lion's Edge podcast. Had a great summer. Eventful, I've heard. Lots lots of things going down. But as you heard, we're closing in on college football. You know, so we got the NFL coming up soon. But let's just, let's let's look at what, our, what we've seen going back a little bit with the preseason. Specifically last night. And we watched my chase, my Washington Commanders, end a historic streak against the Ravens. Yet at the same time, I look at this Ravens team and go, uh, they're going to be a whole lot better than what the Commanders actually are. But when you look at, just look at preseason as a whole, what do you, what do you take away from it? What are the things that you're looking for as you get ready for the regular season in the NFL? I think the first thing is, uh, hey guys, nice to be back. I think the first thing is you need to know how seriously a team takes the preseason. If you're trying to grade the Rams and what Sean McVay is doing with his roster, like you're wasting your time. He doesn't care about the preseason. He's doing roster evaluation. He's, he's trying out you know, plays and, and new formations and stuff. So he doesn't care. You can't get anything from that. Really beyond like down roster players who might fill in, like a backup guard who might fill in because of injury way down the line. Maybe you get something out of that, but but generally speaking, I don't know how much you can draw from that. So I think you're, you're looking at individual roster stuff. Uh, I, I think, if anything, I will play overreactions to preseason stuff. If you start to see too much line movement on a team that has a hot preseason, like I, I will look to fade that line movement because it might be an overreaction. 
Chase, I see that you've played a whopping 20 NFL futures. you got a new <laughs> podcast. So before we get to the futures, I want to ask you yeah. to start off about the NFC East. But uh, why don't you plug that podcast and where the people could find it because I want to uh, write all these down and then grade you at the end of the season. That's what people <laughs> do to me. And then if I'm wrong, they like DM me and threaten my life. Please do. Please do. Uh, it's, it's the Lion's Edge is the podcast, which uh, is like five or six years old at this point. Uh, got acquired by BetMGM in a in a company transaction like three years ago. So it's a podcast I've done for a really long time. Uh, new episodes every week, and the podcast that you're referencing came out Monday. And it was you know all of the research that I've done throughout the summer, which got a little interrupted this month because I got COVID during a Vegas trip. Oh. But uh, it, which I know like Been people still around. get COVID. Who knew? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Some people really. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was I'm late to everything, so I was late to COVID too. Uh, I I put together this massive list of 20 NFL futures, uh, and, and I put them in the podcast episode, and I'm working on a written version for the BetMGM blog right now. So there, there's just so much content in there. We can and probably will talk about it for maybe the rest of the segment. <laughs> well, hey, the reason I wanted you to plug yourself is because I want to plug myself, the BetQL Tailgate Kickoff Show, coming up this Saturday morning, 9 to 10 a.m. Yes. In case... You will be on that show. I'll be waking your ass up early. Let's talk NFC East. Yeah. You have 20 futures. Do any of them take place with any of these teams or feature any of these teams in the NFC East? We got Dallas. We got the Giants, who, man, Daniel Jones has actually looked pretty damn good mm -hmm. with Darren Waller. Mm -hmm. We got Philadelphia, and then we got Knicks Commanders. Yeah! Uh, any of those teams, anything that you've done with that division? <laughs> I... I... There are other divisions I like a lot more action in. I do okay. have a bet in the NFC East, which is that, you know... It doesn't take a betting genius to see how priced out the Eagles are after winning the NFC last year. So really, in my style of sell high, uh, buy low kind of betting, you really only have nowhere to go but down if you're a Philadelphia fan. So famously, NFC East fans, I'm sure Nick could tell you this, any fan of an NFC East fan can tell you this, nobody has repeated as a yep. division winner in this division since 2003-2004. <laughs> Now, admittedly, it was the Eagles, but it was Donovan McNabb and Andy Reid, and it was a long time ago. So there is uh, some, you know, there there is some, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, whatever. What I'm trying to say is somebody else is probably going to win this division uh, if you buy into the history. And I think the Eagles are overpriced and everybody else is underpriced. Dallas, I think, has a case to make for having the best defense in the division they add brandon cooks who i would pretty much guarantee you is a thousand yard receiver i drafted him in a fantasy draft like eight minutes ago i really like how the balance i think they're going to have and we don't know for sure that all the moves and all the turnover that the eagles saw are going to replicate the success they had last year we haven't seen her do it more than one year we don't know that the eagles are going to have the third best turnover differential in the nfl again usually that's one of those things where you see regression so to me i think there's too much price on the eagles there's too much chalk there and the cowboys at plus 175 oh, no. offer good value in a there division you go oh, no thank you don't chase oh, don't don't finally. feed this psychopath here he, no, no no first off let all me, the smart people know no. that it's dallas is chase here. this guy right here is all in on the Cowboys to win the NFC. No, no, not the NFC East, the NFC. Like, he hasn't watched the way their season's the ended too. the last two years in the playoffs. Yeah. They throw up all over themselves every year once they get to the postseason. Please tell me that you're only looking at division and not winning the NFC. I know the NFC's weak this year, but my God, can we please understand the Cowboys will always be a mess as long as Mike McCarthy's calling plays or involved as the head coach whatsoever in the playoffs with the way things ended the last two years? 
I agree with you that it's an NFC East bet and not an NFC bet. I there would wonder how, how much does <laughs> how much does Ryan believe in the Cowboys as a real NFC champion versus how much is he just being a troll and messing with you? I, how much? How, so how, well, hold on. Trolling. How much could you could do? How many? How, what are your limits looking like at BetMGM? <laughs> I'll show you. If you can run down the street for me, I'll show you how confident I am. I'm kidding. Go on. Can, can I tell you the team I did bet to win the NFC, and it's not yeah. the NFC East? Yes. This is. I have so much stock in this team. I I have five different futures bets, and they're all over the board, but one of them is to win the NFC. I'm going to say the name, and you're going to gasp a little bit, but let me set it up for you. I bet the Falcons at 30-1 to 1 to win. Now we're, now we're best friends. Wow. <laughs> okay. Now, it's not were because Were you sober I, when you did this? I was dead sober. Okay. Tell uh, them why, Chase. It's not because I think the Falcons are going to win the NFC, right? It's pure hedge setup. There's, right. I, I would be shocked if the Falcons won the NFC. But I do think they ha- – I don't think people realize how good the offensive line is. I don't think people realize how good B. John Robinson is. You got Arthur Smith, who you know wants to run the ball. They play in a really weak division. I think there's a chance that the Falcons are like a ridiculously – uh, over one 13 and four or 14 and three team like where they're they're nowhere near as good as their record is but they slide into that number one seed they get the dumb buy they get a home divisional game you blink and you're like the falcons are in the nfc championship game what are we doing here and then you hedge out and buy the other team that's clearly better than the falcons listen your your scenario for all that happening is wild but at the same time i'm gonna say this I've been starting to buy in on the Falcons more and more. Like, there's a couple of teams this preseason that I've really started to get excited about. And it is the Falcons, simply because they could look like an old-school NFL team and just run the hell out of the football and just let Desmond Ritter Ritter kind of be in a position where he's managing the game. And I hate to say game manager. Everybody acts like it's using profanity. But, like, the reality of it is he's not going to go out there and throw for 4,000 yards. His, His prop... Like, his passing props are it's only 2,600 yards. Like I, I think that's something reasonable where he can go over that number. It's 15 and a half touchdowns. Yeah. But I don't like I don't think that they need him to be even, like, good. He can just be an average quarterback that doesn't make mistakes, and then the rest of that team is going to dominate from the, you know, with what they do on the ground. It, w- when you see the Falcons, like, I know obviously some of this was just big, big scenario and how this could play out, but, like, even just a, a reasonable situation here – can can the if not all that plays out like what would maybe be the like a, a more of a I'm trying to think of the best way to put this a, a reasonable way to view the Falcon season as a success? Yeah, so it's a great question, and it's kind of where I start. Like I mentioned, the podcast it's kind of where I start the Atlanta discussion. Atlanta to win at thirty to one is like the preposterous the right. preposterous scenario, right? So you don't need to buy in all the way down there if you don't want to go fully to crazy town with me. It's Atlanta plus 210 to win the NFC South. I don't buy the Saints as like a definite divisional favorite. I mean, they're a divisional favorite because I think somebody has to be. So I think the value in the return is, is better there with the Falcons at plus 210. I'm amazed when you look at the state of the NFC and the middle class in that conference, there's going to be some poor you know, poor is a strong word. There's going to be some average playoff teams there that sneak in as mm-hmm. the sixth seed or the seventh seed. The Falcons have an elite offensive line. They're plus money to make the playoffs right now. So even if you don't like them to win the division, you get the Falcons as a potential wild card team at plus 110. And you were talking about Desmond Ritter. 
I think another way to attack the Ritter stuff is we know he's going to be a mediocre quarterback. We know he's going to be average. We know they're not going to run the offense necessarily through them, through him and through his playmaking abilities. That's going to be a lot of handoffs to Robinson. So it's not just looking at Robinson as a potential rookie of the year candidate, which interestingly enough, he gets two head-to-head matchups against the number two guy in the rookie of the year odds chart, who's Bryce Young. But it's also, can B. John Robinson actually lead the NFL in rushing because you know they're going to hand off to him so many times? That's another position I like. It's, uh, I think, 10-1 to 1 or 11-1 to 1 right now at BetMGM. Any, okay, so you brought up uh, Rookie of the Year. What individual award markets have you hit? Right now, just Rookie of the Year. I haven't done MVP yet. I've done a, a bunch of research on it. I've looked at all the numbers. I just haven't bet anything yet. Uh, so right now, it's... I think it's just Rookie of the Year. I don't think I've bet Coach of the Year yet either. Did you go Bijan Rookie of the Year at that price, or did you go elsewhere? I did. And you're betting at the top of the market. So if people that want to look a little bit farther down, like I totally think that's a reasonable way to look at it. You don't want to bet a running back at the top of the market necessarily. This is an award that's generally won by rookie quarterbacks who have just a way heavier you know, load to shoulder. I just think when you look at the Colts situation, the Texas, the Texans situation, and the Panthers situation, I don't know that any of them are going to be like even average this year. I, they, those seem like thicker rebuilds to me, and so that's why I went Robinson. What are your thoughts on the NFC North, where you have Detroit, who hasn't won the division in like two decades. They're the favorites this year. You have Green Bay rebuild year, Minnesota, we don't really know, and then Chicago, most likely rebuilding. We don't really know with that division, though. I know there's a lot of Bears hype, especially the back half of the summer. I don't really buy it. Uh, I'm on Detroit, which is pretty square. Uh, The price is not very appealing for a team that I think last won the division the year I was born. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, it's been a minute. But I do think Ben Johnson's offense is the best thing in that division, and so I'm willing to buy it right now. I just checked the price earlier. It's plus 135 at Ben uh, I think the more interesting uh, play, the the better return play, the strategically smartest play is kind of a contrarian play on the Packers. Assuming that Jordan Love is maybe a little bit better than people expect, you're still talking about a really good home field advantage, a good offensive line, a good running game, a good play calling head coach. The thing I would do with the Packers, though, is I wouldn't bet it now. I think they have probably, I think there's a decent chance they start 0-2 when you look at what their schedule is. I would wait until after week two, and if they're 0-2, then you go and bet it at a better price. And then if they're not 0-2, then you got to make a decision about whether or not you like the number in front of you. Yeah, Packers going to start off the season at Chicago, at Atlanta. That Atlanta game, I think they lose. Chicago, I don't know what to do with that one, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because I'm kind of with you. I I was starting to buy into the Bears. I I really like what they're doing on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, they're looking to protect Justin Fields. They got him playing. About damn time they started to do that. Still a really young secondary, and I'm I'm not I'm trying not to overreact to the preseason. But man, Jordan Love's looked good. You look at the mop up duty he had last year against Philadelphia. He goes in there and makes some good throws. But then you know, granted, they were in a prevent defense with a two score lead. Yeah, well, listen. uh, He says he's trying not to overreact, but at the same time, he's overreacting. Chase Kitty's going to stick around for one more segment with us. We got a lot more in the futures market to get to. It's BetMGM Tonight.